Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple months, you've heard all about the Game Time app and how it can save you some serious cash on last minute tickets to sports, shows, and all kinds of concerts like Elton John, Travis Trick, Cannibal Corpse, and Gus Dapperton. And yeah, you know all about the classics, the thousands of trusted sellers, the prices up to 60% off, the two-tap checkout process, the panoramic pics of your seat, but wait, there's more. Because now Game Time is hooking you up for the holidays with $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Tickets section of the app. Create an account. Then under the Billing section, redeem code NODUNKS. Once again, that's NODUNKS, all one word, for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem the code and expires at the end of the year which is, of course, December 31st, 2019. So guys, make your moves quick and score last-minute tickets with the Game Time app. on the beach the only place to read and answer your emails and tweets we got the whole gang here i'm jay skeets alongside me high stepping on that beach tass trey lee and jd boys how's everybody doing great good get ready for the christmas break can't wait got everything uh everything all ready to go either packed or all the gifts you had to buy no last minute shopping happening yeah oh boy Thanks Only to, way to do it. Yeah, thanks to everybody who emailed and tweeted in their questions and comments this week. Keep them coming. Email no dunks at theathletic.com or tweet them in at no dunks inc or use the hashtag no dunks. We got another what 12, 13, 14 here. Some beauties once again. Let's get into it. Hey, no dunks dudes. As it stands right now, it seems that there are four players that are dominating the center position Joel Embiid, Rudy Gobert, Nikola Jokic, and Carl Anthony Towns. If you had to pick today, who gets first team All NBA and who else makes the other two teams? That's from Sam P. Is it just those four? Who are you putting in the mix? I'd like to throw two more guys into the mix. I think at Frank least one. Kaminsky. No, at least Oof. one. I think Bam's got to be in the mix. I do. I know he doesn't have you know your twenty five plus points per game like Towns, but I think the impact he's had on. The Heat early in the season, yeah, put warrants, him in the mix. Uh, warrants, yeah, but yeah, sitting at the table at least, being at a part table. of the conversation. He can, he can get a word in. 15, 11, and five is what he's averaging with great D, and you know, helping to stabilize a, a top ten defense. He's not going to make it, but he'll be there. Yeah, he should be there though, and I think Drummond's got to be there oh. too. 18, oh. 17, and three with uh, you know, crazy steals and blocks numbers. Yeah, I know he's on the Pistons, but those two guys, I would. I'd rather. I'd add to the table. That would be my table. I'd rather get into an argument about Anthony Davis playing the center position. <laughs> yeah, no, he ain't. Right. Definitely don't want to do that. Um, who's the number one though? Yeah, who's uh, first team All NBA as we near the Christmas break? It's a tough That's, one. It be- is difficult because the guy who's having the best statistical season is on the worst team in Carl Anthony Towns. True. So he's having True. twenty six and twelve, fifty from two and forty two percent from three. Started off great, but. The Wolves are in their usual battle just to even make the playoffs. Uh, but then if you look at the guys that uh, that he mentions here, Embiid, Gobert and Jokic have all had little sort of, you know, flourishes this season, but none of them have really been super consistent. Yeah. Or, or all that dominant. Um, That's why it's a great question. Yeah. So if you reward winning, then it takes Towns out of it. But I think at this stage of the season, I, I would... I would go with Towns. Okay. I think. When you are thinking about your all NBA teams at the end of the season, do you care as much about wins and losses? I mean, with I, those categories, as much as we do about other ones like MVP and stuff like that? I, I do take it into account yeah. for sure. Um, and, and that's why I think I'm going to use it. I'm going to, I'm going to contradict myself in this part and say it's so early in the season, there's still time for things to play out. Okay. So I'll, I'll say Towns because I think I just think he's probably been the most consistent out of all those guys, uh, and and again statistically I think he he leads the way. Yeah, hot take. There is no first team center. Whoa. We're going mm. second, third, and fourth team this year. Nobody's running away with it. 
I think I'm going Embiid, though, as first team, because if you're talking about those four centers, these other two guys who are hopping into the dinner yeah. reservation, you're still <laughs> taking Embiid first. He has the most impact on both ends of the court, and the team has been good enough so far. They haven't looked as good as people were hoping. I thought they would be challenging for the first seed in the Eastern Conference. That doesn't seem to be the case so far. And Embiid's numbers aren't quite where they were at during uh, last season, where it seemed Tass and I were convinced maybe he'd be able to make a run at the MVP this year if he takes things up a notch. He hasn't necessarily taken things up a notch so far, but I still think he's the best center in the league, and he's not having a worse season than any of these guys. No, he's averaging 23 and 12 and, you know, three and a half assists, let's call it that. A steal, nearly a block and a half. They're good numbers, but... Yeah, we thought maybe... They're not MVP numbers thought yet. maybe it'd be, like, more Giannis-like numbers, mm-hmm. really. Truly, like, you know... And he just, hasn't, he just hasn't looked as as dominant as we've seen in the past, well, I don't think. We've talked a lot about his body. Yeah, and yeah. Whether it's I mean, down he certainly had some games. The last week against the Celtics, he was clearly the best player on the court. But then he's had that game against the Raptors where he couldn't score. He went over, I think, three from the free-throw line, so... Yeah, he's, but he's, you're right, he's had little moments. Now Jokic has yep. it going a bit here. Gobert's had a weird year, mainly, especially because the Jazz have disappointed for a good stretch. And, and then you're right, Towns with the best numbers, but on the worst team of the mm. four. Man, it's tough. It's tough. Where you go, Taz? It's tough. I would go Towns and beat Jokic. Gobert's out of there because well, okay. Utah's defense has really dropped off. That's where he thrives. He does not thrive on the offensive end, so... He loses. He's hanging at the kitty table with uh, Bam Adebayo. And uh, who's the other guy you threw Drummond. in there? Andre Drummond. Oh, yeah. Drummond's not making it. Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid. Yeah, it's a toss-up. Joel Embiid definitely doesn't match the eye test of last year. Not even close on both ends, too, even though the Sixers' defense is really good. He's just kind of slacking off in those pick-and-roll situations. He's just kind of hanging back. He just has not been himself. I think there's something going on there, and I'll never know what it is unless something comes out later in the year. But he just looks super sad, and not to, again, diminish or dismiss something if there's something going on in his life. But the body's sad. The face is sad. Embiid's numbers are, you know, showing through that they're you know, not even close to last year. Even, you know, the block shots are down. Everything's down. Carlton Towns, the numbers are up. Um, the numbers are very good. Uh, but he doesn't have a great defensive impact. But that's why this is a little bit of a uh, – it's a tough one across the board. And Nikola Jokic, speaking of sad, he's just he's not all there. Nowhere close to what he was last year. And the numbers aren't nowhere compared to Townsend and Embiid. But still, that's how good he is. He would still be in this conversation. For sure. Next one. Hey, no dunkers. First time emailer, but long time listener. LeBron is a first ballot Hall of Famer when he retires. But which team does he go in for? Is it Cleveland, considering he's a hometown hero and brought them first chip? Is it Miami? considering the impact slash the success that he had there? Or if L.A. wins it all, will he go in as a Laker? Keep up the great work. That's from Matt in Brisbane, Australia. Brizzy. Shout out to Brizzy. Shout out to Brizzy, but uh, Matt maybe a little confused. You don't really go into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame mm. with one team. Mm. This isn't uh, you know, this isn't baseball with the plaque and – and what hat are you putting on? You know, is Alomar going in as a J? Oh, my God, he is. That's awesome. You don't really do that. No hats in basketball. basketball. Yeah, no hats. Uh, and you don't even wear the jersey. So, yeah, this is not – This is a, we wanted to include this just to point out that this doesn't really happen. Yeah. But hypothetically, it's sort of fun. If we did have this Super with the Basketball fun. Hall of Fame, it's, uh, it's a fun question then. Yeah. You know, where, where would – what would LeBron pick? Would he pick the Cavs or would he pick the Heat or, or even the Lakers? I think he goes as a Cav, mainly because he started there, he's from there, he's yeah. played the most seasons there. And, of course, that championship he won there carries a lot more weight than the ones in Miami, in my opinion, even though he won those two in Miami first. I just feel that Cleveland one is the one that uh, that's probably the top of the pile for him. Yeah. And uh, I, just, I just think, you know, that's where he's from. Here's, so, a, great, here's a great hypothetical. If Kevin Durant was going into the Hall of Fame tomorrow, but he had to pick a team, mm. who does he pick? <laughs> got the success, got the finals MVPs with the Warriors, but 
He was Mr. Thunder. Warriors won't even put him in their best team of the decade video. So is he going to pick the Warriors? I don't know. I think this is LeBron is, would obviously choose the Cavaliers. Yeah. I don't think it's really even a question. He played 11 seasons there. It's going to be the majority of his career. Like Lee said, he is a hometown hero, the best Cav of all time. Uh, this is an easy question. And you guys are right. They don't have busts or anything, but they do have photos. Is LeBron going to have a headband in his photo mm. or no? Played a lot of his career wearing a headband. Didn't he? Didn't he lose a headband though during a final series? Wasn't it uh, in 2013? Wasn't it during Game Six? He got his headband knocked off and then went crazy and like yeah. brought the team back or something yeah. like that. And he's never really worn it since, has he? Oh yeah, he definitely has. He's yeah. gone back and forth, back and forth. Uh, uh. He's always keeping you on your toes. Yeah, with the headband. yeah. You well, it's, it's the it's the hairline as well. I think <laughs> he gets right. really super conscious about it sometimes, and he's like, "All right, headband." And other times, he's like, "You know what? I'm in my 30s." <laughs> time to time to accept it. <laughs> Tass, what do you think? Is it a no-brainer that if he were to pick, it'd be Cleveland? Yeah, it would be. Yeah, especially because I mean, he he'd be the only guy from Cleveland. If there was this situation, he'd be the only Hall of Famer that really represents Cleveland. While you know Miami, you've got some competition. Uh, Lakers, there's obviously the Lakers, so it would be Mister Cleveland. Right. And you know that would be it would be totally different. And you know, but this, yeah, it's even becoming less sort of applicable. You know, in this era, that this this idea, you know, where players are not just going everywhere, but they're just they're stars of the game. We just love the stars. They're everyone's a fan like Lee. We just love all the teams. You know, and we just <laughs> players are transcendent now. Um, no bus, no hats, no jerseys. I guess not. Maybe a headband. <laughs> Next question. No dinkers. Was great meeting Skeets and Trey at the Hawks Raps game a couple of weeks ago. And my question is about Hawks superstar Ice Trey Young. Currently, there are only two people in the top five in the league for both points and assists, Young and Luka Doncic. Are Trey's performances being overlooked because of how bad Atlanta is? I know we often do it for people like Beal or Booker who are on bad teams, but this is top five in both assists and points, yet no one is speaking about it. Your buddy, Jim. First of all, do you guys remember meeting Jim? I believe we met Jim uh, on an escalator. <laughs> mm. On the night of the Hawks Raps game, we met a, a man who could have been named Jim outside <laughs> down by the buses. We met a man who could have been named Jim on the escalator. Yeah. Who knows? Could have been anyone. Was it Jim Bus? <laughs> <laughs> it was not. Um, it wasn't. Uh, but yeah, definitely remember him. We uh, talk about Trey Young a lot on this show. Yeah. Maybe we've had a couple weeks where we've sort of slacked off maybe i think it's been in the back of our minds we talked about trey young a lot for the first few weeks to start this season so maybe we've slowed down but we've talked about him a ton and i haven't liked the criticism that's come up lately that his stats are sort of empty wouldn't do this on a good team Uh, i find that a bunch of hooey it's a little too early to judge that regarding trey young and i think he does a lot of winning things Right. He just hasn't been able to showcase that or turn that into w's because of the people around him i think it's not to belittle those dudes, but I think it's that simple. I think he does a lot of winning things. I think he finds people. He can score. Yeah, he could be better defensively, but that's a lot of uh, the NBA. He's he's an amazing player on all teams across the board. Doesn't matter if they're losing to me. He's actually put in a more difficult position by his team being garbage because I actually think at times it makes him look worse than he is because he's having to force things, especially in the fourth quarter close games where it's like, it's maybe a bad shot because, amazingly, it might be the best shot they can actually get going with some of the talent he has out there with him, especially with no John Collins. You know what I mean? Like, did that make sense? It's like, you know, this Lakers game that we were just at recently, he took some questionable shots. You're Definitely. like, what are you doing? Way too early in the shot clock. Maybe you're hitting, you're going for the home run shot here. You know, bring it back baseball. Um, but I think he's doing that because, again, it's like, uh, this might be the best look we're going to get here. And, look, if he had better talent around him, I don't think he's a selfish player by any means. I mean, he's obviously top five uh, in the league in assists per game. So that's something right there with subpar talent. So he gets once – yeah, this is ridiculous. It was always ridiculous with Booker. You know, now I guess it is happening a little bit with Beal. It's like, oh, yeah, well, somebody's got to put up 28 and 9 or whatever. Like, no. There's, all, there's other garbage teams – and they don't have guys doing that because the guys aren't on that superstar type of level. These guys are great players, and, and when they get better talent around them, 
they then get to show that to the more mm. national audience, which is awesome. He's increased. He he's increased everything across the board. His field goal attempts, his percentages, his three-point attempts. You know, his, his rebounds, his assists. Everything is up, he, and he's averaging 20, 27.8 a game, which uh, I don't know. It's probably about tenth in the league this season. Sixth. Si- oh, is it six? Okay, yeah. so he's. Um, I mean, he he's improving his numbers there, but he doesn't have a lot of uh, support around him. But considering how many offensive possessions run through him, he's not like just chucking away. No, you his know, percentages are good, yeah, above so average. I, I think um, you know, you're getting a good performance out of a guy who doesn't have a whole lot of support. And if these other guys, DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish and, and uh, John Collins, all you know, continue to improve, the Hawks will be better, but it takes time. Seeing this question honestly makes me think maybe we should talk about Bradley Beal more. He's right there with Trey Young scoring. He has an all-star pedigree. The Wizards are better than anybody thought they would be, and I don't know that they've actually played a game on TV yet this year. <laughs> I haven't seen a single highlight. Bradley Beal is flying completely under the radar, uh, despite averaging, you know, being a top-five scorer, just like Trey Young is. But you got to win games for people to talk about you. That yeah. being said, we're talking about Trey Young a lot more than Bradley Beal. That's for sure. I mean, if John Collins doesn't get suspended, I think the Hawks are much better than six and twenty-one as of recording this. I, I think they're they're hell. They're probably you know the ninth seed, let's say, uh, in the East. So then, by default, we're like, oh, the Hawks, you know, they made the little jump here. They're in the playoff race early on. Like that's, I think that would have been happening. That was you know really really unfortunate uh, for the Hawks' growth. I mean, he's coming back soon, so that's good. And there's still tons of time, and they could. You know, win four games in a row, and suddenly they're right there in ninth or something like that. But it just was a bummer for Trey. That's why I think you're seeing this frustration, of course. Like, what are we doing here? Um, but he's 21. For a point guard at that age to still have this uh, impact on these games offensively is something to set up teammates and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's just a, a bit of a, a wasted half a season, I guess. Mm-hmm. But still, it's you got to. It's, it's pretty impressive what both of these guys are doing in Luca. And Trey Young, it's just the Mavs have more success right now. But Trey's probably learning some stuff here, you know, being the solo guy, being a guy who has to help others out, like assist a lot, and take these fourth quarter shots and have double teams running at him the entire time. So I don't know if it's a wasted half the season, but in terms of their production, yeah, there's a big drop off after John Collins on this roster. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, so without John Collins, it's it's bad. Name the third best hawk. I mean, DeAndre Hunter might be a player one day, maybe. You know, Bembry is a decent player. Kevin Herter might be great one day. Cam Reddish might be great one day. But you're asking Jabari Parker to be way better than he was. I mean, there's just there's not a That's lot of That's the talent. thing. The answer is generally on most nights, none of those guys you just listed. Mm. It is. It's been Jabari. It's been incredibly Vince Carter. Even Alex Len. I mean, in in half of the Hawks games, it's... Those guys have been the second best player on, on some nights. Mm-hmm. And that's just not going to do that's it. That's not going to cut it. Man. That's an this interesting question, though, to me, though. You think the Hawks would have twice as many wins now if they just I brought think, back John Collins? I think they'd have they would ten. still be playing all these guys major minutes. I think they'd have ten wins is what I was getting at. I do. Yeah. I, I, I mean, they're getting smoked. That's the thing. The Hawks have gotten beat pretty bad in a lot of these games. Unfortunately, and I mean Trey Young is putting up crazy numbers. I don't know exactly. He's one of the best defensive John players, is. John Collins. I know he's not even like a juggernaut on that end of the floor, True. but he's been True. one of their best bigs defensively. I think he'd be helping. I yeah, yeah I'd be I look. think yeah, it's it's soured in Atlanta after it, it started. Even when John Collins went down, things were looking all right. Uh, there were some close games there that they lost, and uh, now it's bad. Next question. Hey, no dunkers. When I heard Lee talk about not having a team due to being an Aussie like myself, it reminded me of how I chose mine back in 2010. I wanted to follow a team that was under the radar, not flashy, but had a good basketball culture and potential. I landed on the Pacers and never turned back. What's more, I love a bargain more than anyone. Read, I am cheap. (laughs) He wrote that, not me. (laughs) And their roster is full of bargain pickups like TJ Warren. My question... What team represents you guys? Put aside your allegiances if you can, and find a team that best represents you. That's from Justin. Where's he from? An Aussie in Sweden. Mm. Weird. Uh, you Aussies travel, don't you? Mm, we sure do. Yeah. Um, I think that's fun. Like, okay, obviously, Trey a Bulls fan, Tass and I Raptors fans. But if, but if you had to put those allegiances to the side, is there a team that represents you, and and why? I'm the Houston Rockets. Why? 
all offense, no defense. <laughs> they hate referees. They like getting dressed up for games, and they like science. I'm clearly a Houston Rocket. Wow. Their star is also a guy with a massive beard. This one was actually pretty easy for me. I tried to think of anybody else besides the Rockets. I don't necessarily want to be the Rockets, but I think I am. Yeah, I, I actually thought this was easy for myself, too. I play fast, and I play, I like to think, some decent perimeter defense. I try on defense, playing our pickup runs. So by default, I think I'm the Bucks because they lead the league in pace, and they're one of the best defenses in the league. And then I started thinking about it next level. One of my best friends, he's a Greek guy. One of my other best friends, he's a silly tall dude with curly hair. That's me. One of my other best friends is a white guy that just shoots three-pointers. <laughs> so Tass is Giannis, you are Robin, and you are Kyle Korver. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought I was going to be Ilias over there. But no, no, no you're fine. Kyle Korver with your kisses. So, yeah, I guess I'm the box, oddly. <laughs> and they're Cream City, you're Skeets. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> what about you two? Well, I think for me, uh, it would have to be a team that uh, is not flashy. I like the fundamentals of the game. Yes, very they solid place. They had a player whose name, nickname was the Big Fundamental. I like the tradition. The Spurs don't really change too much of their uniform or anything else they do. So <laughs> I think it's got to be the San Antonio Spurs oh, for me. Wow. Yeah, big Texas rival there with Trey. Do you think you're struggling this year? <laughs> uh, a little, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've got this cough, this asthma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can't quite get on track, it's true. <laughs> Tess? Well, in a similar vein, I'm the Warriors. My best years are behind me, riddled by injuries. So I'm starting from square one, just keeping it simple, trying to have fun again. But all of a sudden, I'll put it together. Get a quick little draft pick, maybe a little bonus in my pocket. I'm going to be in front of the pack. I'll be a well-oiled machine. Very soon. <laughs> it's coming. Expensive, though, Tass, as well. <laughs> Warriors? Yeah. Warriors you, you, you like expensive things, don't you? <laughs> Do I? <laughs> Never yeah. thought about Tass. Oh, man, he's got a lot of expensive things. Yeah. I ate at Chipotle today. That was pricey. <laughs> I, I got I know, the guac. Yeah, you did. No, Two ninety five. All right, next one here. On the last Beach Steppin' podcast, you guys talked about stars in the 2000s who have been forgotten. My question, though. Which current NBA stars will the casual fan in 2030 not remember? I'll put money on no one remembering players like Andre Drummond or Evan Fournier in 10 years. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. That's from Matt M. Uh, I don't know about the Drummond edition here. People forgetting about Drummond. Because he's going to have, like, stupid rebounding numbers, and that might help his chances of... Look, man, not everybody loves a rebound I know, highlight. but come on, come on. The guy... I like I like this. I like that part of the email. Evan Fournier is too easy. Evan Fournier is good. E- He's people not don't good. know about it. Like We had this com- we had a topic uh, a couple weeks ago where we talked about players that are being overlooked this year. Evan yeah, Fournier is yeah, being yeah. looked in the present. Of course he's going to be overlooked. No, that one. That one's great. I'm saying I disagree with uh, I Andre Drummond. Think, I think you got to reach. you got to reach former All-Star. I think you got to pick an All-Star for yeah. this question. Okay, yeah. well, then I got one. It's not Fournier. It's going to be, well, in addition to Fournier, it's going to be Vucevic. Yeah, same. I mean, the guy's an all-star. Yeah. He's, uh, his career averages are 15 and 10. Career. That's pretty damn good. Um, but uh, I think he's going to be easily forgotten. Something, something tells me. Well, he doesn't have <laughs> any real highlights, no playoff success. He's just, you know, he's yeah. a solid player. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Easily yeah. forgettable, I think. LaMarcus Aldridge. For me. That's uh, it, a good one. I had it down. He's going into the Hall of Fame. You can lock that in. Seven-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA. Wow, yeah. He's going to have 20,000 career points. His best uh, playoff performance was 2016-17, went to the Western Conference Finals when Kawhi was still balling, as we know how that turned out. The little falling on Zaza's foot, and then it was all over with the Spurs. But uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, like he's just been chugging along, chugging along, chugging along. It's going to be a long highlight tape of 19-foot jumpers, and everybody's going to say, LaMarcus Aldridge made seven all-star teams? He did. So yeah. you, but, you, but even making the Hall of Fame is going to be uh, on the level of There's like, a lot forgotten. of guys in the Hall of Fame that nobody talks about. Yeah. It's totally true. When's the last time you had a conversation about Nate Thurmond? Hmm. Yeah, I brought up Alex English when I was looking at a ball spin off the glass the other day, but that's the only time he really comes up. It's, it's not an insult. He's a great player. LaMarcus yeah. Aldridge is a great player. They're in the hall. I, I had Aldridge down as well. Yeah. I think he will go to the hall. Uh, but there's cheating-wise, in terms of current All-Stars, Chris Middleton will be forgotten because he's already mm-hmm. forgotten currently. Paul Millsap will be forgotten because he's already forgotten currently. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, but I think reaching a little bit, I think DeMarcus Cousins will be pretty forgotten because 
Don't tell that to Steve Kirby. Yeah, yeah he just texted me. I can't believe that. He hasn't <laughs> even heard this episode yet. <laughs> Numbers, no playoff performances, really. And, um, yeah, injuries, I guess people talk about. Uh, what else would they talk yeah, about? Yeah, big, big, big numbers. Yeah. I mean, his best case will be people going, oh, man, if he doesn't get injured, the big what if, like mm-hmm. you do with other players. Because he did have, obviously, great numbers, just didn't have a lot of team success. Yeah, exactly. That's a, man, In Sacramento, too, for most of it. Yeah, so right. Just, it just doesn't stand out. Fun question. Great one, Matt. Next one, bit of a story time here from Alex. After listening to your latest Crossfire episode, I wanted to give you my opinion on the real versus fake Christmas tree question. Fake Christmas trees are superior. Let me explain. Okay. I was born in September. My very first Christmas, I was three months old. My parents got a real Christmas tree. During this time, I was deathly ill. They actually took me to the ER and the doctors couldn't find anything wrong with me. They gave me all kinds of medicine and none of it worked. After Christmas, once my parents took down the tree and swept up the needles, miraculously, I was a happy, healthy baby. The doctor said I must be allergic to the tree's scent mixing with my home. I don't know how that works, but whatever. Ever since, we've had a fake tree. A fake tree would never hurt anyone. Fake trees only spread cheer, which is why they win. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Again, that's from Alex. I mean, sure. I guess you can be allergic to a real tree. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You could. If you're allergic to a tree, don't have it in your house. Agree. (laughs) I guess you could be allergic, though, to a fake tree, too, couldn't you? The plastics. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. For sure. He's not. Based on this. Another worry would be storing that fake tree. What if you get mold on it? Maybe you're allergic to the mold as well. Mm. Then you got to have another kind of tree, a projection perhaps, on the wall of your house. Would fake trees mold? He means the box. Yeah, yeah. sure, the box. (laughs) Or you put it in there, it's a little bit wet. You know, maybe you spill some hot chocolate on it, put it away for a year. What is this growing all over my tree? I will say, uh, coming in today, saw through a window while we were driving the the fake tree but the uh skinny variety of the fake tree i hate that you're talking talking about you ever really? seen a, think of a normal christmas yeah. tree size and now you can buy these like super like they're almost, like toothpicks they're like just, a branch it's just straight i mean it's still the size of a tree it's just very very skinny mm-hmm. but i'm it's, not a fan but it's a pretty full branch tree yeah 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 okay yeah yeah it's, it's just, take a normal size fake tree and just go and like squeeze it in and then it's just more straight up and down doesn't go out as much you know for people living i, I yeah, probably less it as room, you said it. sure yeah yeah people living in uh apartments i just don't like it doesn't look like a christmas tree thank you it doesn't <laughs> gotta agree with you You gotta have the the boost to the christmas tree right <laughs> yeah, you gotta hips. have a little bit of boost you gotta have the hip to it all right well thank you for that email alex we got a couple emails regarding allergies today. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Two. Uh, JD, I saw you veering towards your mic when uh, we got talking about this three-month-old sick baby. Mm, I, was I? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I thought you were going to judge the parents. Why <laughs> would I judge the parents? Because. Shouldn't they know their child is... <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Of course you wouldn't. My, kid, my kid cried from the time he was three months old till, till he was a year. Like, literally nine months of straight crying. We had no idea what the problem was. So what is he allergic to? You. Nothing. He had colic. He was so fat, Jackson. He was the fattest baby I've ever seen because we would just give him the boob every time he cried. And, I would, and then he would eat so much that he just vomited all up. He was covered with puke little fatso for a, a whole year. And that was we, did, we had no idea what it was. We got him tested for everything. We moved twice because we thought we found asbestos in, in the oh, house we were living God. in. We don't know if that had anything to do with it, but we left, and then we went into a, a brand-new apartment we rented. Yep. Still, we thought maybe it was the paint or dust left over, so we left there. It was crazy. The I, things you do when you have a baby. So it probably was none of those. It was nothing. No. It was just a miserable little <laughs> baby. Sometimes they're like that. <laughs> well, I'm glad I asked. Uh, <laughs> hey, No Dunkers. I know you love giving nicknames, but can you give new nicknames to players whose nicknames are based on their appearance? Example, what if James Harden had no beard? What if Anthony Davis didn't have a unibrow? Or what if Kawhi Leonard had normal-sized hands? <laughs> you can use the five-step nickname process if you want to. Thanks. That's from Litton S. So. Oh, wow. 
So, yeah, the five-step process is <laughs> throw the player's name out. We do a little word association. Yeah. Somebody throws a name out. You just associate with that word. So, so but, but uh, you know, around the table yeah, type thing again? Yeah, let's do it around the horn. Like, who Shout we do it? Who we do it? So you start it, and then you'll end it, I guess, Tass. You know? Okay. So James, you, James Harden. All right. Lee. You can't, we can't say the beard or, yeah, like, you know, you yeah. can't go with that physical appearance, at least to get started. But it's got to be a word after that that, that right, associates. Yeah, 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 anything yeah, yeah. you think of when what I say James Harden. What do you think of right Harden? now yeah. when we say James Harden? Lefty. Okay. Uh, Ned Flanders. Ooh, I was going to say mustache, but you can't go mustache. How about mm. neighbor? Scary? <laughs> Scary. There's no wrong rule. No, there's no wrong rule. Let's finish it off. Word association. Halloween. <laughs> Halloween hard. Halloween hard. Yeah. I like it. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Yeah. People can be scared by the beard. Do one. Do one more. Do one more. Go go the other way. Go the other way. Anthony Davis. No physical. Yeah. Yeah. This is a tough one. Yeah. First thing that comes to mind. Sensitive. Okay. Uh, sensitive Kleenex um, Raw I think of a raw nose Raw <laughs> oh, How are you not saying Who I think you should be saying <laughs> I can't believe I said raw And you're up next And you're not saying Eddie Murphy <laughs> No it's your call It's yeah. your call Raw Raw ginger <laughs> Just take it home Damn it I've had Lee around me too much Root <laughs> <laughs> oh, on your roots. <laughs> <laughs> on your roots. All right. Root Davis. I like it. Root Davis. Root AD. And Halloween hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fun question there, Litton. All right. Next one. Hi, guys. I wanted to weigh in on Avocado Gate you guys dis- discussed last week. As an allergologist, an allergologist, I believe I'm saying that right, I thought I could share a stupid little useless fact with you. <laughs> Normally, to become allergic to a substance, one has to have had extended contact with that substance first. However, there is a thing called cross-reactivity. It means that to the immune system, something it never had contact with looks very similar to something that it is already allergic to. For avocado-allergic people, this is very often the case as they are often first allergic to latex. Hmm. In other words... Drummond is likely allergic to latex and did not necessarily know he was also allergic to avocado. So why did Drummond become allergic to latex first? Well, that is up for interpretation. Risk groups are people who wear gloves often, people who work in latex factories, and people who like to wear latex suits. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. That's from Paul in Switzerland. So saying, yeah, maybe Drummond actually wasn't allergic. Mm. To the avocado, or maybe he was, but that was by way of an allergy to latex, I guess. I'm just going to throw this out there. I didn't look it up. But earlier in his career, Andre Drummond had hairy shoulders. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have hairy shoulders anymore. I think he's done. I'm guessing he's he's waxed them. Okay, sure. Is there latex and wax? People wearing gloves. Yeah, Yeah, the the waxer, yeah. The waxer. Mm. Wow. Just throwing that out there. I mean, you have to be exposed to it a lot. You have to be exposed to a lot. He had Maybe a lot of hair. Not. He had a lot of hair on that back. <laughs> <laughs> Big shoulders. shoulders. Yeah. yeah. It takes a while. It's uh. It's either that or the full latex suit that he's just <laughs> commonly wearing around. I mean, one of the two. <laughs> anyway, thanks for that little nugget there, Paul. That was a very uh, a very weird incident with uh, Drummond. Did he not play the second? Yeah. Well, that wasn't related, both. was it? He played both games. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, he missed both games. No, he played no, in he Mexico. No, he played in Mexico. Yeah. yeah, but then he came back and he missed a game. But yeah. I, was it related to the, to the uh, you know allergy, or was it just like he twisted an ankle or something? Mm. Somebody, somebody can look that up. Um, I'm confused. Yeah, no, he yeah. played in Mexico. Yeah, he, he played in Mexico. Played. He was a game time decision. He played. Yeah. He had uh, a wicked game. Remember? Yeah, double double, twenty three and fifteen. I think. Yeah, we were calling him yeah. the big avocado. Yeah, he's no longer <laughs> the big penguin. You don't need a, you don't need five steps to get to that nickname. But then I think he didn't play in the yeah, one or two of the most recent ones. Yeah, he hasn't played in the last two games since Here, coming back. Those, there yeah. you go. Mm. But what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just saw him. He was wearing very fancy glasses. I saw. Yeah, he was. Bench, like very, uh, very ornate. So, so maybe, maybe it was. Maybe Something it was somehow eye related, or maybe that was just style. But I guess you're right, Skeets. People will remember Andre Drummond, the first player to ever <laughs> miss games because of his eyes. 
for avocados. His avocado eyes. I, I'm going to always remember that. <laughs> avocado Andre. <laughs> All right, next one here. The night was February 26, 2011, and I found myself watching a court surfing highlight reel on the score. That's way up in Canada. Woo! The clip that was being replayed over and over was from a Wizards-Mavericks game, and the player in question was Nick Young. This was my first time hearing of this maestro, but after seeing him gracefully drop a 360 reverse layup, I was hooked. In addition to having a love of sneakers like myself, a killer fashion sense, and no shortage of hilarious on-and-off-court antics, I would go on to follow him around the league wherever he ended up. Swaggy P was always commonly included in my list of favorite players, much to the confusion of friends and coworkers alike. Although his best days are now likely behind him, I can happily relish in the fact that he eventually became an NBA champion. Who are some of your favorite unsung cult heroes from around the league? Guys that may have never been named an all-star or to an all-NBA team, but hold a special place in your heart. That's from Chase in Calgary, Alberta. Thanks, Chase. Great question, Chase. Uh, this was fun. I'm choosing Boris Dior okay. from the Spurs. He was so much fun to watch, played with such joy, did some crazy things. And as uh, Greg Popovich often used to say about him, he carried a little more baggage than a lot of other <laughs> players out there. wasn't super cutting. He was bringing up the boost. <laughs> he certainly no was. And, you know, he was one of those guys. He could he could sort of play point guard, even though he was like a yeah. sort of heavy guy. And uh, he could shoot the three. He could go inside. He was a good defender. And there was that time as well where uh, I think it was after the World Championships or something when uh, he was a little bit – he wasn't due back to uh, the team in, on at the same time the other guys were. And Pop was like, ah, oh, we're giving him a bit of extra time. Uh, and then – Boris Dior sent out the photo to Pop of him drinking some red wine in Paris or something. He's like, yeah, I'm not working all that hard. I'm just out enjoying myself. (laughs) But uh, fun to watch. A very, very talented guy. Very, very talented player. And ended up getting a championship actually uh, with the Spurs. And uh, just, yeah, he's a great follow on Instagram too. um, He's like the most interesting man in the world. He he? absolutely is, yeah. Yeah, didn't he? uh, He did some serious traveling on a boat, right? Yeah. Yeah. He spent like a year on it I'm something so, like that yeah he traveled the world yeah. he's done some fun things on a boat i was actually listening to uh, amir blumenfeld's podcast buckets and amir compared luka Doncic to boris dio in that and <laughs> that they're not super fast i guess and that they move sort of slyly they slither to the spots that they wanted to luka's a better slitherer than uh, <laughs> boris but i get it i get it i get that boost moving around <laughs> This question commingled in my brain with the people who are going to be forgotten because I think the Morris twins are incredible characters for the league now that are going to be forgotten to history because, I mean, they're not incredible players. You know, they're both kind of just solid starter guys, but look, they were drafted one right after another. They came in identical twins with identical tattoos. They both struggled at first on their teams, traded so that they could play together where they both excelled. Then they got the first ever joint contract. Here's some money. You guys figure out who makes who. Both traded before the extension even really kicked in because uh, there was some off-court drama. Markeith yep. went to Washington and then became part of the rivalry with the Celtics where they were like, you know, the funeral game. That whole – that kind of was a, a big moment in the league for a little bit. Marcus went to Detroit. Then he was good with Boston after the rivalry was over with Markeith. <laughs> now he's the best player on the Knicks where he smacked a guy in the face during a preseason game. The crazy part, now Markeith is a piston looking like his brother, wearing a different uniform number. I saw them. Uh, I saw him on the court, Markeith, last night against the Wizards, and I was like, what is going on here? Uh, mm-hmm. I, they should not be allowed to play for... I 100% agree. I catch myself one of them every time. Every time I have to go, wait, is that Markeith or Marcus? I do it every time. But these guys are great. You get them on your team, and your team is going to instantly become a tougher team. It's like doing bar three. It makes you tougher. Getting a Morris <laughs> brother. Your team is going to get it in fights. They're solid. Uh, but we're not going to talk about them 20 years from now, except for the fact that, like, there were these two identical twins, and they got this crazy contract. But they have given us a lot of content over the years. That's a, That's a good one. Great pick. Uh, my favorite, I mean, unsung cult hero that I don't think will ever make an all-star team or an all-NBA, though, he would tell me to go stick that up my ass because he's always betting on himself, Fred Van Vliet. Mm. Freddie. I mean, for, for me as a Raptors fan, I ain't ever going to forget him going off in some finals games when especially two rounds prior we were like get him off the floor he can't play versus the Sixers and then you know he catches fire after the the birth of his son and uh it's was lights out from there he averaged 14 points per game off the bench in the finals against the Warriors 
Shot 40% from three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was awesome. Hubie Brown voted him uh, finals MVP. Finals MVP. So Van Vliet will always have a place in my heart. I, and also sort of along the lines of Boris Dia, Patty Mills, too. Patty Mills, he's, he's played so much longer than I always think he has. He's like an 11-year vet right now. Yeah. Um, he got one title with the Spurs, too. He's just a you know a, a fun guy to root for, and I think that's uh, lumped into the success he's had recently, too, with the Aussies, the Boomers, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, I'm sure, as well. But he's going to be a fun one to remember, and he's not making All-Star or All-NBA. Mm-mm. Do you have anyone to uh, Squeeze in. He's been a long-time, long-time fan of mine, and this gentleman, uh, a fan of mine. I've been a long-time <laughs> fan of <laughs> he his. He loves your work. He loves Yeah, yeah, show. yeah. You know what? He is a fan of mine. We met in 2011, and this email was referencing a night in 2011 <laughs> when I met Wesley Matthews. And we had an awkward encounter at the airport. And um, <laughs> since then, I mean, I loved him before then when Jerry Sloan was playing him hard as a rook, four-year rook. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're buds. Next question from Ethan. Sup, dinkies? Can we get some Davis Bertans talk? <laughs> What's up, dinks? Man's been balling and seems to be a perfect trade piece for a contending team that needs shooting. Philadelphia, maybe? Not to mention Berton's on pace to be the third player in NBA history to make 300 threes in a season. Wow. Keep up the excellent content. No one does it better than you. That's from Ethan. Davis Berton's, a hot name right now in the uh, on NBA Twitter, I feel like. It, we got this email. I feel like we've gotten another one. There's a lot, been a lot of tweets uh, over the last couple of days. Talk about Davis Berton's. Talk about Davis Berton's. I mean, he's playing very, very well. He's averaging 15 points per game uh, on the lowly Wizards. He's shooting 46% from three, a whole lot of attempts. He's the Latvian laser. So let's talk about it. I mean, <laughs> good. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. Uh, you know, he's still young. Well, he's mm. an he's older He's young. an older four-year player. Yeah, he's 27, I think. But uh, 26, yeah. He's 26. Uh, maybe 27 now, but yeah. Um, no, he's uh, he's, he's twenty seven now. I'd like to will actually. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. So uh, hold on. When did he turn twenty seven? Uh, uh, November twelfth, nineteen ninety two. <laughs> oh, he's born. Okay, thank you. Well, sorry. He, he turned <laughs> November twelfth, twenty nineteen. So he was twenty six a month ago. Okay, cool. Mm. Yeah, great. Sorry, great. We're, talk, we're talking about how him. old is he? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> he's uh, yeah. Look, he's found a home there in Washington because I, I I'm trying to find he. I think he was part of the reason the Spurs traded him was to get. Marcus Morris, who then was, right. yeah, reneged on his deal in the first place because he seemed like a classic Spur. Totally. Some European no one's ever heard of and would just come out and develop into a star player. And he's kind of grown into that sort of star player, but for the Washington Wizards now. Why would the Wizards want to trade him? I mean, because that's what they everybody keeps throwing yeah. out there. Like, why? What are the, what? There's, that doesn't make any sense to me. No. Uh, he. No, they should not trade him. They should keep him. He is a good fit next to Beal, and whenever John Wall comes back, if he's still going to be a member of the Wizards, he'll be a perfect fit. Guys who can shoot and can shoot from basically anywhere, uh, that's a valuable player. And it makes you think, why in the world did the Spurs trade him away? Why did they like Marcus Morris more? I can't believe mm. that that happened. Yeah. This, does, this guy seems like a classic Spur. He has Clay Thompson's game, the way he moves and the way he gets his shots, but he's as tall as Kevin Durant. I'm not saying he's... As good as either of those guys, right. but that's what it looks like. Like the way he moves around on the court, you know, he'll sometimes take shots with uh, his feet not facing the right way. He has zero conscience. Uh, he's very fun to watch. Stay in Washington. What if they want to tear it down to some degree? I don't know. What if, like they're way out of the playoff picture? Why not capitalize on Davis Burton's value? Question mark. I don't but know. isn't I mean. What's the I, value? It's a draft pick, I right? Guess. That's that's where I'm like, what are you? Are you really gonna get back something more valuable than what he's giving you as a shooter, as a as a crazy stretch guy? If yeah, what like Wall? I mean, Wall was practicing uh, before mm. the game last night. I don't know if you saw that. Um, whatever. He's not coming back this year, but Wall's there, Beal's there. I'm gonna want a shooter, like Trey said. They're gonna. I mean, they had if they have Wall and Beal, you're in the Eastern Conference. You're a playoff team, I think. Um, and then you're hoping like Rui takes it to the next level and stuff like that in his growth yeah. as a young guy. I just don't. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess what do you? What you gotta you get possibly something good back? back. Yeah, but he's the type of player you could plug and play uh, on a lot of rosters in Bertans. Happy we're talking about him, the Latvian Laser. <laughs> it's a great nickname. What about his brother, Darius Bertans? He's not coming over. <laughs> he had a cup of coffee with the Pels last season. Totally forgot about Did that. He? The Latvian latte. The Latvian latte. <laughs> <laughs> How old is he? 
He's too old. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to bed at 9 p.m. every night because he's 30 and 99 days. (laughs) (laughs) Cool story, bro. Next question. Hey there, no dinkers and dumpers. My question is, which trader signing was the biggest steal of the season? Which one has been the most disappointing? For me, the most disappointing has to be Mike Conley with the Jazz. The biggest steal might be TJ Warren. He was packaged with a second-round pick as a salary dump, and he's been lighting it up with the Pacers. That's from Dave in Indiana. So take it either way. Uh, You want to go disappointing? Yeah, well, I mean, I would double down on Mike Conley being pretty damn disappointing Mm -hmm. um, as a huge Conley fan and being excited to what the Jazz could do here, adding some offense to a wicked defense, and it's just... He hasn't been able to score. Mm-mm. He's looked, quite frankly, bad. I mean, I still mm. everybody's pretty convinced it'll turn around here and he'll get on a stretch and start knocking down some threes and scoring and getting the floater going. But right now, yeah, disappointing. I mean, the entire Jazz team has been. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with him there. As for a steal, um, I like the Kings getting Rashawn Holmes for a very, very cheap two years, $10 million deal. He's playing really well for them. Uh, 12 points per game. Nearly eight and a half boards. He shoots 68% from the floor. He knows what he's good at, and he sticks to it. Um, he's not like Willie Cauley-Stein, where he's suddenly just trying to take jumpers, and you're like, Willie, 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 don't do that. Um, but Holmes is top five in effective field goal percentage, true shooting percentage, offensive rating. That's damn good. He plays some D. I don't know if you saw him uh, against the Thunder. He got switched on to uh, Chris Paul in, a, in basically the final possession of the game. Did a damn good job of staying in front of him and challenging the shot. So... I'll, I had, go, I'll go Holmes. I had him written down, too. There you go. Yeah, because also the expectations were super low with Marvin Bagley starting, most likely, and Dwayne Denman signing yeah. that three for $40 million deal before this season. So Rashawn Holmes was, I don't know, their fourth big man yeah. or something like that. So, yeah, he's been great as a starter for them, keeping him in that playoff picture. As far as a uh, signing, I like the Bucks getting Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, excuse me, the uh, Pacers getting Malcolm Brogdon from the Bucks in a sign and trade there. They gave up uh, a couple of draft picks in order to get him, but he's been great. And I think the Bucks, despite the fact they've got an incredible record, have missed him at times. Um, but I think he's, uh, you know, I think he's living up to that deal. And and you know, he's a, he's a very solid player. He he's, he, you know, probably not going to make the All Star team. But I think he could very well make an all-star team over the life of this deal. I think uh, that's the sort of projection he's on there. Just provides a solid uh, hand for them, which what he did in Milwaukee. So I think he's been good. A guy, he's a twenty million dollar per year player. I, I mean, think that's fine. I think it's a steal. For, yeah, it's your for, call. The, for these, for, for right now, for what guys are getting. I mean, Zach Levine's getting the same, you know. And I, I think um, twenty million these days is not really that much, to be honest. Damn. What a, what a time. I know. What a time to be alive. It's not really. I mean, you look at that contract, think, oh, you can trade that one. No, I'm agreeing mm-hmm. with you that there are many other guys that make more money than Brogdon yeah. where I would much prefer to have Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, you're right. But Yeah. Okay. He's been impressive. Yeah, for I sure. know. Oh, yeah. He actually has completely shut me up. I didn't think uh, Bucks. Well, that's the thing. The Bucks haven't missed him at all. No. So they haven't. Oh, now, they uh, might come a playoff yeah. series, but they have not missed him at all. No, they haven't. I, I wouldn't say <laughs> at all. I wouldn't say at all. I think at times. I think at times. I know, And I said that. I said despite their record, I think at times there was an adjustment period early on, and they've, they've gotten over it. But, uh, Do you but, like but, his, uh, his evil goatee? Oh, he's, yeah, he's yeah. got a bit of a new look, hasn't he? For uh-huh. sure. Yeah. I, yeah. Don't, I don't. I don't either. I don't like it on him. I like it. Not going to be the president with any no, 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 that's for sure. no, no, that's right. But I was going to say he has shut me up. I didn't think he'd play as well as he has so early for the Pacers. Mm. I mm. He, he's at especially carrying that team without Victor Oladipo for a good chunk of it. Yeah, I was I was definitely wrong. So he's worth every penny of this twenty million dollars right now. Yeah. Uh, as far as um, well, this is a tough one. Worst signing, like it's it's not the worst because this guy feels like he's been playing worse than his numbers suggest in Charlotte. It's Terry Rozier. He's actually he's putting up decent numbers. 16 points a game, 4.5 assists a game, 40% from basically the field and from three-point range. But it feels like Devontae Graham is... Overshadowing him. Yes. Right it, away. Yes. Which he is. Uh, but still, that's but, not yeah. as bad as I think it feels that Rozier has been playing there in Charlotte. Like He's know, picked it up. He's yeah. actually picked it up since Devontae Graham has jumped into the starting lineup with him, which is kind of bonkers. Yeah. So, you know, those are my two. But but Rosie is an interesting one because I think he did pretty well in Boston coming off the bench if he was to return to that role. I wonder if he would accept it because if he did, I think he could be more successful. 
and I think Charlotte probably would like to switch that up myself. So we'll see. They're they're a bit team, a bit like the Minnesota Timberwolves. It sort of feels like it's Groundhog Day. You know, they have a couple of good performances. You think, oh, maybe they're okay. Then they just lose like five in a row, and you're like, nah. Would you rather true. have Terry Rozier or Dennis Schroeder? Ah, hmm, asking the tough one. Uh, <laughs> ah, give me Terry. Yeah. yeah, give me Terry. Yeah, scary Terry, cool nickname. <laughs> I, think, I think he's been fine playing with another guy who's a ball handler. They're they're playing fine together. Dennis Schroeder doesn't seem to play nice. Yeah, but he's accepting yeah. his role coming off the bench. He's he's actually pretty productive in OKC under you know the, considering Russell Westbrook isn't there and he's still coming off the bench. He's doing pretty well. He's happy for now. You never know. What about you, Trey? <laughs> Good on the Lakers getting Danny Green at kind of the last second. He was waiting to see where Kawhi Leonard ended up signing. Signed a two-year deal with the Lakers, about $15 million apiece uh, for both years. Two years, $30 million, that is. Uh, but he's shooting only 36% right now, but he's got the championship pedigree from the Spurs and the Raptors. He just another option on the wing for the Lakers, which means LeBron, once again, doesn't have to guard uh, – Massive perimeter threats, saves his body a little bit more, and it gives the Lakers a chance you can say, maybe Avery Bradley has it going tonight. Nope, maybe Danny Green has it going tonight. Nope, maybe KCP has it going tonight. Nope, you need a lot of guys if you're going to go deep into the playoffs. So, smart one, getting Danny Green. As for disappointing, Tomas Sadaransky and Thaddeus Young have had zero impact for the Bulls. I mean, they're using Thaddeus Young wrong. They have him coming off the bench in a six-man role, which is what he was expecting. But that's not the guy who's really going to carry you as a scorer. He should be, he should somehow be involved, I do think, in the closing lineups just because he's a veteran who maybe would help them not blow every single fourth-quarter lead they got. Sadaransky just doesn't really do anything. He's just kind of out there passing the ball and then never gets it back. Yeah, and we were. You're right. I was high on both of these guys being little additions to the Bulls, yep. to the young Bulls. You're like, yeah, yeah, bring some vets in there. That they do a sense. little bit of everything. Yeah. Everything that the Bulls need. Yeah, that has. Uh, they haven't worked yet. Out. Has not worked out. All right. Next question here. Hi, no dunkers. I wonder why NBA players removed the insoles of their shoes when they give out their sneakers. I saw a video of LeBron and Giannis, and that they removed the insoles of their shoes before giving it to a fan. That is from Mako. Or Mako from the Philippines. People is have this, been saying this. Is this People, a thing? Yeah, this is what happens. Yeah. Custom orthotics. That's got to be it, right? Mm-hmm. They need those. It's not just a regular insole you find in a basketball shoe. These are right, custom, right. custom pieces of equipment for these guys to help them with their gait, help them with their knees, their ankles, their hips, their backs, but their bones. Couldn't they have like a million pairs of these as well? I mean, it's, yeah. I guess the point is, who cares? You're giving away the shoes. Don't you have a million of these insoles? You could. Yeah, I mean, they're more expensive. You're talking, you sure. know, 500 bucks a pair of orthotics. But I think LeBron could probably afford 82 <laughs> pairs of $500 so. orthotics. But it's then diff- you got to go get them molded every time. Yeah. yeah. Then you got to order them. It's like you can't, <laughs> yeah, right. you can't go to the back and the equipment manager is like, hey, here are your shoes. Here are your orthotics. It's just it's not the same. Right. You know? $500, that's really what it costs, eh? Yeah, but they should last you for a long time. Right. They're supposed to last for life. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> that's why they're keeping them. They're like indestructible, those it things. It sort of takes the shine off of basketball shoes if the players are using <laughs> custom orthotics, right? I mean, you, in theory, you should be able to wear any kind of shoe. You can wear loafers out there. Oh, I see, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, that would be a look. LeBron going out there in a pair of loafers. And that's a little, a little extreme, JD. But okay. you'd be slipping but you know around. What I, mean. I, know you know what you mean. What I mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's an interesting point. But those orthotics also custom to the shoe as well. They're all trimmed up so they fit perfectly in the shoe, like that insole. Does anybody have this? Like, uh, one of my buddies have. back home wears orthotics all the time. Um, I, I would rather just have bad feet. Yeah, I, I had them when I was, uh, when I was in the service industry. Big bad feet or big little feet. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. My feet are so small. They don't make orthotics. <laughs> that's right. They don't get you can't. It's like a million dollars to get a pair of tiny, tiny orthotics. Oh, you're, you're saying when you're in service industry, you're standing all the standing time. Standing all the time. And uh, just, yeah. So I got, I got them. But then I found that I was too dependent on them, you know? Like I wouldn't wear a pair of shoes. I couldn't wear like flip-flops, uh, you know what I mean? And, and I, just, <laughs> I just decided yeah. to get rid of them and just strengthen my feet by walking around. <laughs> Fascinating. I used to, when I worked in the factory... And you would stand at the one station for your whole shift. Yeah. So you're always standing. 
they would sometimes give you that really cool mat to stand on. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. That so feels great. Like you're Soft doing mat. dishes? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I got so used to it that I had to buy a second one, and everywhere I walked, I always just put them down. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, Hold yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> keep moving. Strap them to your feet. Get yeah. a couple. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, like snowshoes. <laughs> That's right. Damn. <laughs> then, like, cut them out to the size of your <laughs> shoes, slip them right in there. Oh, it's like it's an idea. Yeah. <laughs> Who stands the most? What profession? <laughs> Like a service industry person does stand yeah, a ton. Yeah, Someone yeah, in a factory sure. generally stands a ton. You know Buckingham who? Palace guard. Yeah. Ooh. Good ones. Dang. What? Are, how long are their ships though? They're not that. That's long. That's a great question. They're rotating. short ships. It's like a hockey player. You know who I had never thought about their profession having having to stand a lot uh, until he told me a barber. Hmm. So a hairdresser. Yeah, it's a lot of standing. I never really crossed my mind because it came up. Uh, you know, shout out to Jason, <laughs> yeah, yeah. my uh, barber who moved to LA to cut Matt's hair. Uh, they have a lot of uh, you know wheelie seats though as well, don't they? Where they wheel around, you know, a barber <laughs> wheelie. Well, yeah. I mean, you mean they sit while they cut? You mean? Yeah, but then they wheel from side to side like that. I've never I don't seen want my that. barber sitting down. You've never while seen cutting. a barber. No, you're, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I'm sure it's happened when they're getting down a little closer, but yeah. I think they're standing for the most part. Most of it, but you know. They get the little thing when they need to get right in there. All right. I think they're standing a lot because <laughs> the barber told me they stand a lot and his feet hurt. Casino workers stand a lot. <laughs> yeah. They're not allowed to sit down. But then, they, mm. yeah, they got good shift work too, though. Yeah, mm. yeah it's a good yeah, one. But don't they have a little high chair <laughs> a high chair they have behind their butts that they uh, kind of just not allowed to. lay their boots on for a sec? Not a, not a roulette. Uh, no, like they're standing. A, they're always standing. A lot yeah. of reaching. I feel like your yeah, back yeah. would be sore Craps doing too. roulette. Oh, that's why you got the hook. Yeah, even still. <laughs> but even like I don't even. Yeah, you're right. That's true. The hook to bring all the stuff. But like even the spinning of the ball, it feels like they got to reach quite a distance to get that thing. <laughs> work on their core. Right. A lot yeah. of Tommy John surgeries amongst roulette <laughs> workers throwing it down in there. <laughs> all right. Next question here. I was recently watching a Steve Nash highlight mix and was reminded of how many nutmegs he pulled off in his career. Almost every third highlight is Nash dropping a dime right beneath some poor sap's beans. <laughs> uh, the nutmeg is one of my favorite things done on a basketball court, but I don't get why it isn't counted as a stat. Yeah. We <laughs> dropped beneath some poor sap's beans. That's great <laughs> We have player tracking and now can know how many miles a dude runs in a season, but nobody's keeping track of nutmegs. Anyway. My question, aside from wedgies, ledgies, and pigeons, which informal statistic do you wish NBA scorekeepers tallied yours in browns? <laughs> I guess he's talking compost. Yeah. Shout out, my nitrogen brother, Dan. It's <laughs> a great email. That's a great email. Beneath some poor sap's beans. That's what a nutmeg really is. He's right. We should be counting nutmegs. And I get excited every time we see a nutmeg. Always cool. Always. Do you, do you prefer the... Assist nutmeg or the dribble, continuing your dribble sort of nutmeg? You know what I mean? To get around a guy. I'm fine with both of them. As long as it's going through some poor saps beans. <laughs> the right. key to me is that it's got to be a one bouncer. I prefer it like when you like a guy's dribbling. He dribbles through his uh, through the beans and it pops up right away. I don't yeah. like it when the ball's like bouncing on the ground and then they recover it. Or yeah, that. yeah. Also, like it's same on a nutmeg pass. I want it to go straight through one bounce Whoa. to the next guy. Yeah, that's true. You don't want it, like, bowling. Right. Right, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, what else, then, would you want to be tracked? Do we they... track half-court touches. We track post-touches. We need to track human touches. There was that study oh, not yeah. too long ago that uh, teams who interact with each other, high-five each other, are more successful both as a team and as individuals. Steve Nash was actually yeah. the MVP of, you know, being nice to his teammates, the uh, – the researchers studied 12 different kinds of human touch, high fives, fist bumps, chest bumps, leaping shoulder bumps, mm. chest punches, chest punches, chest punch, like, mm. yeah. Yeah, good job, man. head slaps, head grabs, low fives, high tens, full hugs, half hugs, and team huddles. I would like to see the full statistics every game. I'd like to see if it correlates perfectly. You know, you're like, oh, maybe we should be punching each other in the chest a little bit more. Get some more W's here. How would you would you track interactions between the bench players when they're on the bench, or is it? It has to sort of just be on court. You've had to have been a player. Yeah, 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 like on the court. Yeah. Wonder who who do you think would lead the league right now in In, human interaction touches? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Jeez. 
Who's a big one? Like, like I don't know, man. I would have thought Kevin Garnett would have been. Yeah, he's there. a good one. Yeah, he, he was always out there dapping up everybody. Yeah, Kevin Garnett would have been a wicked volleyball player. Because mm. volleyball players lead all sports in this. Yeah. yeah. Human touches. Every single point, that whole team comes together and daps mm. it up. I love that. That's a good point, yeah. Um, mm. But I don't know about the, the NBA. Buck, the Bucks are doing a lot of touching pregame and their yeah. little wrestling routine. <laughs> I think they – I would say a guy who gets fouled a lot, who gets pick, yeah. picked up a lot. Hmm. Yeah, Giannis gets fouled a lot. Yeah, maybe it's the Bucks. Uh, that's a good one. I like that. We should we should track that. Um, I've got another one. Glassis. Ah, uh, yeah. Tough to say, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Glassists is what I'm doing. Is I am jamming glass and assists together. Uh, we've talked about this in the past before, but the the dime using the backboard as sort of a as a sixth man out there, we should be tracking these. And I'm not just I'm not just talking about like. A guy's trailing like Draymond Green the other day, like gonna chuck it up off the backboard. That would be a glassist. Um, Instead, it was a glasservo, glasernova. Nailed it. Catchy, very catchy. Uh, I'm using a glaslenovo computer right now. <laughs> you know, like, am I wrong? Glassist is a good name for it, but it looks awesome. Tough to say. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. Exactly. It right. looks awesome. I'm looking at it right now. That's perfect. The problem is that glass. And assists Assist. are different. The ASS yeah, is yeah. different. Yeah. So maybe there's something better. Uh, you know, yeah, window so good, window though. dimes or. Uh, is it that hard to say though? It's just I know, assist. I'm struggling with gotta it. Say it assist. You say assist. Glassist. Yeah, glassist. Yeah, and when you don't glassist. add the plurals, yeah, when you don't pluralize it, it's, yeah. it's easier. Glassist. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Mm. Uh, anyway, we should be tracking these. Mm. And again, not just the uh, off the backboard for alley oops, but like you've seen people, and I think they could get way more creative with it. Again, using that backboard as a, you know, like, oh, like, play the angles, some snooker action here. I'm going to bank it off there. Like, I love the idea of a guy, you know, you throw it. You get, it's a, such a tough touch you got to do. But using the backboard as a, you know, you sort of just float it up there. And then the your offensive guy spins around and it's like sort of falls in his lap. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like sort of sort of a rebound, but it's not. It's more of an assist. Wayne Gretzky would have figured it out by yeah, now. Yeah. He would have been the best at this. Um, would you consider it a glassist if you go off the backboard to yourself? No. What about if it's an escape move? You know, like your guy gets trapped and then you're, uh, all I can do is throw it off the glass, grab it, and then you got to layup. Also not? No, because it's technically not an assist. Fair enough. I guess. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, going to yourself? That's a great question. Great I mean, question. what you brought up, I think. A few weeks ago, what Hito did with Dwight Howard. Yes. To that sort of effect, just kind of throw it up there. Big time. Now, it's uh, subjective. I mean, every assist is, really. Subjective to whether or not, was Hito shooting it, or was that a, yeah, a smart throw it just higher off the glass so Dwight can get the rebound? Sounds like an assist to me. I, I, think, he threw a, a I think he threw a lot of them on purpose like that, which is pretty cool when you think about it. I think we could be doing it more, too. I really do. That's next-level basketball. <laughs> uh, anything else to add? We, uh, yeah, not really. I was just thinking, uh, should we keep track of after whistle rejections? You know, the guys who go up and bat the ball away. Oh yeah. Or uh, after whistle field goal percentage as well. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Let's see. I'm interested uh, in what guys eat on the bench. I don't need stats, like how they perform. I'm just more curious. <laughs> you know, sometimes you see those little Tupperwares on the scores table of coaches that come by and have some double bubble or something. Yeah, Jolly uh, Ranchers. Yeah, Lifesaver. But I, I want to know what food they eat. I just I want to know. I don't care about the Gatorade so much and the Powerades. <laughs> I don't care about your taped-up Fiji water. So I'm more concerned. I don't want to know about the beans. The I beet juice? Know. You don't want the beet juice? No, no, not no. juice. Foods. Foods. What are they on a power Snacks. bar? What are they having? What have we? Well, what have we seen before? We saw, was it Spencer Dinwiddie? Yeah, he yeah. had like a some sort of energy bar. It yeah. looked like. Looked like. Who yeah. had the Plus carrots? Snacks. Didn't somebody have carrots? Well, that was memed onto onto him. Oh, that was a fake. Yeah. yeah. Wow! Somebody memed Spencer Dinwiddie eating carrots yeah. over the power bar that he it was, was in probably? the meme team. That's yeah. A, that's strange when you think yeah. about it. Like, it'd be funnier if he was eating a turd or something, but carrots, it's like, wow, he's healthier. Yeah. <laughs> it's just odd. Yeah, I was getting into the Spencer Dinwiddie article here. It was on Bleacher Report. <laughs> you know, there was all the peanut butter and jam phase that people were eating post-game, the fan, or players were eating post-game. Was that post-game? 
peanut butter. Yeah, post game PBJ. Yeah, maybe, a, maybe even a pregame. I don't know. Get that yeah. boost. <laughs> and the chocolate milk happened in post game. Crazy. Everybody's having different types of chocolate milk. Low sugar, high, <laughs> high cocoa. But not a high lot of cocoa. food. Not a lot of food. Who's there was the Skittles this... guy. Wasn't there a Skittles guy? Somebody addicted to well, sugar. Dwight, Dwight used to was be. It Dwight? Derek Rose yeah. uh, was addicted to Skittles. Yeah, yeah, he had a right, Skittles yeah, machine yeah. in his house. But he's not on the bench. No, I don't think he was eating them. In there. No. Russell Westbrook caught on camera eating on the sideline. He was like, oh, that's a looking nice back one. and yeah. sneaking. There is a Suns one of them passing like a like a candy Tupperware back and forth. What's in that Tupperware? It'd just be really funny if like. Yeah, they're sharing like a party sub. You know, like if <laughs> yeah. it went to that level, it would be hilarious. Like if you got up 20, 25 points late in the fourth, you get to like bring food out, like celebrate. Yeah, nice. <laughs> it'd be awesome. <laughs> it'd be very cool. Oh, man, that'd be uh, uh, intense motivation for your opponents, right? It's like not quite on the level of when uh, the Heat had the – or the Spurs had the yellow ropes around yeah. at the 2013 finals, but it'd be – Pretty close to that. I Bunch think. of guys in bibs cracking like, lobster. Oh, uh oh, uh oh. The bibs are out. <laughs> the bibs are out is great. They just start putting on bibs. They're getting hungry. Uh, good questions, guys. Another awesome crop. I got a stat cues. I would like to oh, keep sorry. track. That's all right. Brain farts. You know, like when you forget to inbound the ball. Right. Or, yeah. Uh, just forget to it? dribble. Just, yeah, yeah. just just stupid mistakes because it would be great. You know, Golden State Warriors, they're last in the league and number one in brain farts, you know. And, yeah, or and or even with particular players, obviously JaVale McGee, a classic one. Yeah. Oh, he's the he's the king of Shaqton. He's always making brain farts. Well, is that really true? Do right. the numbers back it up? <laughs> That's exactly right. Or is it somebody else we just didn't expect and maybe someone even fantastic? That's good. Brain farts. Let's hear from you guys. Tweet at us. At No Dunks Inc. Hashtag No Dunks. What would you like to see? Uh, scorekeepers tally. Something informal. A weird little statistic, if you want to call it that. Guys, thank you so much for sending in your questions and your tweets once again. Keep them coming. No Dunks at theathletic.com. And again, tweet at us at No Dunks Inc. Hashtag No Dunks. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, I don't have poor saps beans. I have expensive beans because I went to Chipotle and had brown beans and white beans. <laughs> Brown beans and white beans, pinto beans and black beans, brown rice and white white rice, and guac in my eye. I'm suspended. This guy is loaded, eh? Yeah, I'm not. (laughs) Praise the day, people.